The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. The show Reasonable Doubt is so great on investigation discovery because it's all about investigators looking back into cases where all too often innocent people fall through the cracks of the justice system. One of those investigators is retired Birmingham detective Chris Anderson, who I've got on the line right now from his home in Birmingham. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. And and uh, I I'm a fan of your show, and of course yours is such a great story. Growing up in Birmingham, where your mom was a police sergeant there, what did you learn from her that made you want to join the force? Man, wow! You, how much time do we have for this? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I learned so much from it. Just <clears throat> excuse me, just by watching how how she interacted with everybody in the city. Uh, she was well respected. She was uh she but she was always motherly even to to guys that that she 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 put in jail and you know I, I got to 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 witness uh some of the uh I got to to work with her her last seven or eight years uh, as as a law enforcement officer but wow. I noticed that she 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 never changed she never changed who she was now uh you know she was always the same type of mother uh, that she was at home. And even when she was in the band. So that taught me a lot within itself. You know, you, you have to treat people with respect at all times. Uh, you, you don't treat anyone any worse than you would treat your own child. So that was huge for me. And, and man, oh, man, I could tell you so many different stories about my mom, man, because she, she was, <laughs> she, she is. She, she is my hero. Right. Well, it's obvious you have that same type of passion for the business, that's for sure. You were a homicide detective investigator for, I think, 17 years in a very tough area, and you investigated more than 300 homicides. So was there any burnout along the way? Because it seems like there had to be. Hell yeah, that, that was, there was plenty of burnout. Uh, you know, they, they got to a point where, you know, I thought that I wanted to leave the department and maybe do something else. But, you know, that most of the times it's just like any other any other career that you have. You get to a point where you feel, you know, what am I doing? You start to question whether or not you should. God has another plan for you. And there were, there were plenty of times I questioned it. But, you know, I, 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 that would that would always be something, something that would happen, especially in investigations where. You know, you have a case that you've been working for, for months on end, and every single day you're talking to the loved ones of the victims uh, uh, of these cases, and they are, you know, you hear the despair in their voices, and you can't tell them anything, you can't give them anything, and it, it just feels hopeless. And then you finally get to a point where you can give them some closure, or you can make an arrest on the case, and going back and sitting down with those family members is is the greatest reward just to see the smile on their faces or to see the, the look of relief on their faces, you know, is, is just amazing and it's motivating to me. And the same thing goes with reasonable doubt. You know, we, 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 we have these cases and, and you talk to these family members and you see that same look of despair on their faces because they believe that their loved ones have been wrongfully convicted. And for the, the, the ones that we can help, it's very motivating for me to say, 
you know what? We see where this case went wrong. We know what needs to happen, and we're here to help. That is just the greatest feeling there is for me. Chris, I've talked to uh, a few different filmmakers and people who've done some docu-series in small towns where there seems to be a lot of corruption. So it seems like there would be a lot of room for someone like you to prove either they've got the wrong guy or or it is the right guy, which is certainly the concept for the show and which is why it works so well. So, yeah, and that's, that's one thing that I, I, I always like to mention, you know, there, there, you know, look, I have seen some cases where I believe that, you know, a person might have been railroaded. I've seen it, you know, and I'm not necessarily on reasonable doubt neither. I mean, I've worked a lot of homicides. I'm still working a lot of cold cases now. But the majority of the time, what really happens is a lack of experience and a lack of not holding law enforcement to a higher standard. And, right. you know, and it's not just law enforcement, but I'm just speaking. It's not just law enforcement because there's a lot of changes that we can make in our criminal justice system in order to make it better. But I'm speaking from my profession. I'm speaking from my, my skill set that, that we, we can hold our law enforcement officers to a, uh, we should hold our law enforcement officers to a much higher standard. Uh, and, and a lot of these cases, especially some of these smaller towns, you know, they just don't have the experience in order to work a case as large as a homicide case. That lack of experience shows in the court in the, in the courtroom. And you are someone who has developed those instincts and uh, techniques for interviewing a suspect or a witness. So what are you looking for when you're interrogating someone, when you're interviewing them? Is it body language or what are you looking for? So I'm not really one of those ones that believe that every single person has this one single thing that they do with their body when they're not being truthful. Yeah, I'm not. I, I mean, and I, I know there are a lot of training guys that, that say that, hey, I look at his eyes and when he looks down to the left, you know, that means that he's lying. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in that. You know, I, I'm a believer in, in, in the way a person speaks, the things that they say, how they say it, how they respond. Uh, sometimes their reactions can be a, a, a clue. It's just it, it really... But I, I, I go into every interrogation, I go into every interview with a different mindset, and then I let the, the, the person that's being interviewed kind of dictate how I respond to them. You've got this added thing called a camera now, and uh, how long did it take for you to kind of get used to that camera being in the room with you and you having to speak directly into it sometimes? So, yeah, so, you know... Uh, <laughs> It, it, it really, it, it really wasn't a hard transition for me because you know I, before doing Reasonable Doubt, I, I was with uh, with Birmingham while Birmingham was being filmed for the show First Forty Eight, and uh, with First Forty Eight, you know it it it, it kind of prepared me for Reasonable Doubt because with First Forty Eight, you, you're doing everything live, nothing is is made up there, you know, you, uh, nothing is it can be changed around nothing can be what you said on camera during an interview is what you said on camera during an interview so so it, it took me a while to, to to learn it there but by the time i got to to, to film a reasonable doubt you know it, it was it, the transition was was rather easy yeah and I, and i'm assuming that being on this tv show it's kind of changed your life certainly people recognize you now <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so uh yeah well you know I, 
being, being on television for as long as I have, uh, yeah, I, I do get recognized. I'm not used to that at all. You know, right. I'm, I'm like, uh, this week, this weekend, I, 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 my, my wife and I, we ride bikes you know, over the weekends. We usually ride in our city. And I'm usually riding in the areas that I have worked homicide cases. <laughs> yeah. So I pull over at a store and a guy walks over to me and, you know, I'm kind of winded because I've rode almost 30 miles. So, you know, I'm kind of winded. I'm pa- pa- pulled over. My wife was getting me some water and stuff like that. And this guy comes up to me and says, hey, man, look, I'm on the phone with my wife. She's a huge fan of yours. I just want her to talk to you over the phone. I grabbed the phone and I started talking to his wife right there. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's, that's just the type of person I am. I, I, I don't ever consider myself to be famous or anything like that. I'm just a cop that has been blessed enough to be on television and able to help out some people. And I know before I let you go, you have said in the past that you have kind of a bucket list of cases you'd like to work, including John Benet Ramsey, the Tupac case, and O.J. Simpson. Now, I'm in Las Vegas as we speak and boy there's nothing more that i'd like to see than someone to look into that again because it gets really annoying seeing him on the golf course every day right <laughs> you know look <laughs> I, yeah uh, the, the la police los angeles police department is one of the agencies that hell, I, I've, I've even trained with, with with la you know i've sent officers out to train with them you know i, I but i think that that was like case, you know, and I, I, I've not been able to look into the, the evidence behind the case, but I think, you know, we, we, we made some mistakes as law enforcement officers on that case, you know, yeah. I, you know but I, I'm always open to, to any possibility, but yeah, I would have loved to be on the front end of that investigation. Well, it's season four of Reasonable Doubt with retired homicide detective Chris Anderson, now on Investigation Discovery. I really enjoyed it, Chris. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you for having me. All right, right. bye-bye. And I like what Chris said about how he learned so much from his mom, and she is his shero. The 10 new cases have begun streaming now on Investigation Discovery. That does it for this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.